Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 92. Greetings from Chatham County, North Carolina on this Friday, May 14th, 2021. I'm 49 years old in one week. Being 49 is just ducky. Tastes like chicken. Pretty much the same as 48. I'm a nostalgic kind of guy. I run an app that specifically talks about anniversaries but uh whatever man it's just another birthday i had some ice cream cake i got a used roomba for christmas for my birthday i don't even know what it is for my birthday uh that is trying to clean my studio floor which admittedly needs it very much but it has a lot of stuff on the floor that it's hard for a Roomba to handle, like guitar pedals and uh, keyboard stands and what do you call those things? Sheet music stands, rolling chairs, things like that. But it's learning. It's learning. It's not learning very much because it's one of those old dumb Roombas. But whatever, the floor is cleaner. So that's something. Uh, I got a massager, which I desperately need as a refresh. I have uh, a light form of Klippel-Feil syndrome, a fused vertebrae, two fused, ver- three fused vertebrae, two fuses in my neck, and my neck hurts all the time. So we got this one of those big thump, 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 thump massagers, and it definitely helps. Not a lot. <laughs> and then I got a really bad headache after two days of use, so I had to stop. But now, four days later, uh, it's, it's better than it was. I will continue to use it. Uh, it's helping with my weird arthritic fingers as well, which is a whole other fucking problem. Getting old, man. I think I generally like middle age. Uh, I got my shit together. I'm not as much of an asshole as I used to be. Uh, I like my daughter and my wife. I mostly like my life. <laughs> but, you know, the people dying and the getting old and the, the getting medical problems, that, that stuff sucks. I'm not into that at all. I had two friends lose a parent since I last talked to you. Two of my best male friends, two of my, my groomsmen. So that was a little rough, a little intense, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, yeah, it looks like I'll be going to Alaska in about uh, four to five weeks to say goodbye to my dad, finally, a year, uh, a little more than a year, I don't I can't remember, I, like I said, I'm bad with anniversaries, since he passed, so that'll be, that'll be probably my first trip. Uh, I might go to Boston before that, we are still trying to work that out, uh, Our beloved president is not helping a lot with his weird guidance, but I wrote a long rant today on my email list about that, so we'll we'll spare you guys from having to listen to it again. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. It's a lot of stuff's going on, and we really are living in apocalyptic times here. We had a tornado warning. (laughs) What was that, two days ago, three days ago? I was upstairs cooking dinner. It's about five (laughs) o'clock. We cooked dinner very early around here. And it was not, you know, not a watch. I don't know. I, 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 this is all new to me. I've never lived in tornado country, but you know, it's the modern world. We're ruining our planet. Tornado country is expanding and drifting. Maybe one day you too will get to live in tornado country. 
So, yeah, you know, I don't know the difference between a watch and a warning, but my wife's from Florida, so she knows the difference. And she's like, yeah, warning's real. Watch just means, hey, keep an eye out. And this means they're happening and they're on their way. So that was terrifying. Uh, I, you know, I had about 18 minutes. I finished making dinner while the rest of the family was in the basement, brought the dinner down and we ate in the basement. Kind of exciting. And then it did rain a lot and it hailed, but not for very long. I mean, the warning was real, you could tell, but we, we were not in the center. We, it missed us by a little bit. And uh, yeah, the hail did not kill my plants, which is amazing. So that was, that was pretty impressive. Uh, and then, as you know, an enterprising group of tech entrepreneurs run a nice company that specializes in <laughs> one of many companies that specialize in ransomware, and they have taken down the pipeline across the East Coast. Longtime listeners of this podcast will recall several years ago on the early, maybe episode one to 10 range of this podcast, this same pipeline, or at least the branch that goes to the triangle, went down and we had mass gas shortages in the Raleigh-Durham area a couple years back. And it's happening again right now. Uh, my wife went to physical therapy this morning. Uh, and at physical therapy, she overheard somebody saying that they witnessed a fist fight at the gas station today. There are lines at all the gas stations, even though they are out of gas. Uh, we had, this is not our first rodeo with the gas. So, uh, Emma got gas. Like literally we also read the news and I read about hacking events. So we got gas before it hit national news. So, you know, we're fine. Also, we don't go anywhere. Because we have a three-year-old, and the fucking government can't tell us what's up with three-year-olds and the pandemic. Woo! Yeah, it's good times. So here we are, day 434. <laughs> I just Googled it. How many days since March 6th, 2020? And, uh, yeah, it just starts to feel more and more like the world's falling apart. Anyway, I'm actually in a pretty good mood. <laughs> uh, let's see, my phone beeped. Uh, Emma and I were talking yesterday about my posts and how they're getting less uh, uh, engagement on Facebook since of late. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, some people just email directly, you know, they hit reply to the email. And then there's a few comments on the email list. And But really, you know, I said this yesterday. I was like, I, I just get a lot more comments when I comment about the pandemic because that's like why I'm here, why people read this, like... <laughs> there's this weird association between my daily email and the pandemic because that's why I started writing it. That's why people had the time to read it. So I wrote about the pandemic today, or at least, you know, the CDC's new guidance. And yeah, we're back to lots of comments. So people have strong feelings about it still, man. You know, like they really wanted to I'll, I'll go back to normal. We're not going to go back to normal. Em and I were debating it just now, actually, up at the, at the lunch table. Uh, I was, you know, we... we I'm faced with this trip. I got. I'm traveling soon, and she was like, oh, "I'm gonna keep wearing a mask on planes." Not that I'll ever travel again. And I was like, "You'll get over it someday. It'll just take a long time." She's like, "I don't know, man. I think this is like depression, Great Depression grannies. We use that metaphor a lot in this house. For, for I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. Oh my God, there's this incident in my childhood I think about all the time, where my dad, who was you know not old enough to be a depression dad, but raised by them, and it was very recent. Always complain about me leaving the lights on and and uh, how I, you know, I'm a math whiz, nerd, smart ass, raised in the 70s and 80s and Reagan era. Even though I knew Reagan was bad, he was rubbing off on me, and I was like 
doing the math on how much the electricity costs. And I literally threw a nickel at my dad and, oh my God, I think about it all the time. I just fucking feel horrible about it to this day, 40 some years later, probably about 40 years later. But, uh, you know, like this is the kind of impact this, this pandemic is going to have on us. Like it's going to last the rest of our lives. That's my wife's position. I think I'll probably forget about it pretty quick. <laughs> Not forget about it, but I'll go back to normal. Well, most things. I mean, it's interesting though, right? Like she was saying the other day, like we saved 50,000 lives of people that didn't die of the flu this year because we all wore masks. And isn't that worth doing even if there wasn't a pandemic? Feels like that might be worth doing, saving a bunch of people's lives. But I guess we're not going to. It's cool, whatever. Because wearing a mask is a hassle. <laughs> we can't have hassles in America. We're individualists. The only thing that matters is the self. God, the day I finally clicked on that, uh, you know, I had this Chinese friend in college and he explained to me their communal viewpoint and, you know, <laughs> wasn't trying to turn me into a communist or anything like that. It wasn't even a political conversation. It was just a conversation about the self versus the collective. And it just sort of opened my eyes and you can't really go back. I mean, I'm raised in it. I'm, I'm an individualistic asshole and I always will be, but at least I understand that isn't the default only viewpoint of the planet. You know what I mean? Wow. Anyway, I, <laughs> I was working on the notes for this episode and I kept getting distracted by like music and slack and my air conditioner. I don't know. I'm a little like, uh, you know, uh, distractible today. So I didn't actually get a lot of notes written down. I was like, I'll wing it. And I can't decide if this is working out or not. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, my mom is back in Alaska. As I mentioned last time, it's now been a couple weeks since she's gone. She's doing well. You'll be happy to hear. I talked to her on mother's day. I've talked to her like four times since she was gone in the last two weeks. Uh, I just talked to her last night too, as well. And, uh, she's like, mother's day was hilarious. She was in such a good mood. She was like the best mood I've heard her in years and I mean like you know my dad had uh, a degenerative disease for years before he passed so and my mom was his primary caretaker so you know they didn't know it was a degenerative disease at the time but she was doing his care so it's been a long time right and like she was it was the first time I've heard her truly happy I would say in five years and they like <laughs> they by they, I mean the place she lives in, the elderly living facility that she lives in, the community. They made them all Mother's Day brunch, and they gave them creme brulee. And my mom had gastric bypass, so she can't eat a lot, but she indulged in the creme brulee and went into a food coma and slept. And then she saw her best friend, who's like in her late 70s, that lives out of state now. And it was this whole thing for weeks in advance. Like, would they see each other? Would my mom be back in time? Would this woman make it up there? She's got an 83-year-old husband, needed to find care for him because he couldn't travel. She got to see him see her excuse me her friend uh might be the last time they ever see each other that's the thing about friendships when you're in the 70s and you live in different places right you, you don't know it could be the last time ever but I, I didn't remind her of that she just had a good time she listens to this and uh sorry mom i hope you see francis again but uh, it was great it was great she sounded great it was nice uh jane has taken it very well the first few days she was a little confused after dinner she's like isn't grandma gonna read me a book but then we could call grandma and then she's like oh this we're back to this now grandma sings to me on the phone okay uh so that's cool i like that jane's doing good she's really obsessed with her legos she duplo you know the the, the toddler legos she made a item by following the instructions 
Uh, I'm very impressed with it. Emma is like, of course, like, no, man, kids shouldn't follow instructions. And, uh, you know, they're both right. I'm, I'm impressed with the skill she had. I didn't know she had reached that stage. She wants more and more Duplos. They, they really get you, man. They have the, you know, we're just buying her these cheap little sets and they've got like a insert with pictures of the bigger set. She's like, I want the house. And we're like, of course you do. Of course you do. Someday she'll walk into Narnia and see my like 500 Lego collections from when I had Lego fever. It has passed, by the way. Thank God. And she will freak out, but not yet. Not yet. That's a surprise for like age seven or eight, I think. Uh, still throwing tantrums, but it's all becoming kind of like by the book, you know? <laughs> uh, it's like, <laughs> let me think of a good example. It's like Occupy Wall Street on its hundredth day. And like, yeah, okay, you know, the cops come by, arrest a few people, do some tickets for this, and the protesters do this. But they have a working relationship now, and they both know their parts, and they just kind of do it. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, you're not, like, doing jammies, so I'm going to put these jammies on you, and then you're going to cry. But before that, oh, it was, you know, I was like, please put the jammies on. And then she started reciting to me all the words I say when she is being recalcitrant. She's like, oh, this is so frustrating. Daddy is frustrated. Please do this. Last chance. You know, if you don't do it, I will. Like, she just knew my whole shtick and said it back to me, and it made me feel really bad. And then I was kind of mean, and I did it back to her. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you've said the shtick, so I don't have to. Now I'm going to do it, and then you're going to cry like you always do. And you're just going to be performatively crying. You're not actually that sad. You're just trying to get your way. So I'm going to let you cry, and I'm going to walk out of the room. And then in like five minutes, you'll be done, and you'll come back in. So let's just get it over with, shall we? I mean, it wasn't very nice. I shouldn't talk to her that way, but I do. And uh, it worked. I put the pajamas on. She cried for five minutes. She came back in. I'm like, feel better? She's like, yeah. I'm like, did you cry? Did, did you need to cry? She's like, no. I'm like, you want to go do the dishwasher? She's like, yeah. And then it was over. So I guess, you know, we've re at least reached that functional sort of uh, Casablanca Rick's Cafe level <laughs> around up usual suspects. Good to talk to you guys. I wasn't in this good of a mood 10 minutes ago before I started talking. Oh, I'm sorry, 14 minutes ago, and I said nothing to you. I apologize. Uh, yeah, so she's doing good. It's good. She's uh, conversing a lot. She's learning new words. Uh, we're working on I now because she just keeps saying you, and um, you know, we're trying to get her to understand I and you and me and you. and you know, it's, con it's confusing, man. I don't even know how to teach it. There's probably some trick. I should probably look it up, but uh, we're working on that. We're working on that. And she's back on her walks now, too, since my mom went back to Fairbanks. Uh, she was in the stroller, so it was fine. And she, you know, we're like, whatever, she likes the stroller now. We'll take her on the walks. Because last year, this is the whole thing, uh, you know, I just want to do the walk. I don't want to spend an hour doing the walk. The walk should take about 20 minutes. It's only like a, a mile, a little less under a mile, you know what I mean? And... Uh, it was really frustrating. And then, so last year we dealt with it by taking her over to Grammy's, Janet's house, across the driveway. I let her watch her. But then that got to be a whole thing because she didn't want to leave. And it was just like tantrum every night getting her out of there. And then it became winter. So, you know, we're lazy asses and we don't walk, walk in the winter. Although I've made a vow next winter, I'm going to keep exercising. It's just, I can't do that again. I'm getting too old. And then my mom got well enough that they could do books. And so my mom would watch her and that'd be their alone time each day, you know, and she would, they would do books or whatever. And Emma and I would get some alone time and do a walk and it was great. And then she left and then we're like, well, she likes the stroller now. So we'll see, we'll do that. It did work for like a week. We could take her in the stroller up and down the neighborhood. 
And but now she wants out of the stroller, and so she has to walk. She's not like super distracted like last year, where she has to pick every flower and wants to run off into the grass. She gets it. You're supposed to walk to the end, turn around, and come back. But you got to walk a little slower. Um, it's nice though. I should not complain. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I love my daughter. Yesterday when I got her out of bed in the morning, I came in. She's like, "Daddy." I was like, "Hi, Jane." She's like, "I love you, Daddy." And she picked me up and she's like, "Daddy, kiss." And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. She never does that. One or two. She's starting to remember to say good morning, Daddy, without me telling her. But but actually, the routine has to be that I say, can you say good morning, Daddy? And then she says, good morning, Daddy. One morning, I didn't say that. And she was like, Daddy, say, can you say good morning, Daddy? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, you could just say good morning, Daddy. She's like, no, Daddy, say, can you say good morning, Daddy? I'm like, okay, okay. It's cute. It's cute. She's great. She's getting tall. She's getting big. It's weird. We haven't weighed her, uh, but I bet she's like 34 pounds now. That's my guess. Well, I guess I think I'll go weigh her today. Why not? Uh, what else? What else? Uh, health. I am a bloated mess. I got a zit on the end of my nose, exacerbated by my CPAP mag mask. I've probably gained 30 pounds during this pandemic. I'm not motivated to lose weight. I look like ass. My hair is down to my shoulders. It's greasy. I always, it's the worst, man. I had this work call. <laughs> Thus ends the health section. I had this work call the other day and it was like this awkward call where we had to like talk to this client that, you know, had like some, they were lying to us. And so we brought in the manager and like, uh, you know, very hard for me to have those kind of calls because I, 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 I don't yell, but I state things in plain language that is not appropriate for American business, right? Like I, I will say things like you guys are totally lying to us and you wasted our time and it's really annoying. And I just think you should know that you have a sociopath on your team or something like that, you know, hypothetically, theoretically, but that's not constructive. <laughs> you know? There's like a, a chance you can save the account. Right. So like, uh, and I have a coach, we have this consultant that helps, and, you know, he's like, okay, do this, do this, don't do this. And so I get on the call and, you know, in the old days, a call like this would be a call because they wouldn't let you come in for this. Cause they were, they're trying to fire you. Right. And like, it's a lot of political maneuvering to even get the big boss in there because the other ones are like sociopaths and they don't, they know that you're onto them. So they don't want you to get the big boss in there, you know? And, uh, so it'd be a conference call in the old days, obviously. So this one, I was like, this is a conference call and I get on and like, people are using their screens, their cameras. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. I'm my camera's off. Right. Because A, my hair looks like garbage. B, I got a zit on my nose. C, I got a barrette in my hair. I wear barrettes like I'm a freak. I don't care. I love barrettes. But, like, it's not, you know, as much as I would love to live in a world where it's not a big deal that a dude is wearing a barrette on a video call in, business, in corporate America, it is. It's a hassle. And so, like, you know, and these people are all business people. They're not creatives. It's that side of my work. And they're all in their polos, even at home. And I'm wearing, I don't remember what I think I was wearing. I was wearing a hold steady heavens whenever shirt, you know. And so I leave my camera off. But mainly I'm leaving my camera off because this is going to be a very awkward business call where you should not be seen. And I can't do it. Like, I can't maintain a poker face. So, like, you know, we set the setting and then the sociopath starts explaining to her boss their reasonings. And it's, it's, it's lies, basically. But, you know, uh... And I'm like rolling my eyes and shit on the phone call. Like you can see me rolling my eyes and I I just can't help it. You know, I'm like staring off into space and 
not staring up into space, but like, you know, when you're really angry and you like kind of look down on the side and you're like, I can't look at this person right now because I'm so angry. I'm going to yell at him. So I didn't actually, in the end, I didn't have to say anything. Like it was weird. I said one sentence about like, yeah, you know, sometimes I have clients that I've worked for for two years and I don't really mind. But the thing is they tell the truth. That's all I said. Uh, but like my entire body language was saying that this is very upsetting and like the boss kind of caught on to it. It was like, okay, well, clearly there's been some communication problems here. We're really sorry. We don't want to leave a bad taste in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know. It was all very awkward. I should not be on conference calls with my screen on right now. I look like ass. But yeah, then that works going great. It's uh, it's interesting, you know, like we've succeeded. Oh, my, my screensaver went on during recording that's interesting uh anyway like you know for a couple years there we we're just building this product and making it work and making it work but now the product is awesome and everybody knows it and like we're at the center of all these interesting conversations and it's like my job is it feels more like when i was at tumblr or barbarian or soundcloud like when a company's like sort of at the fore of what they do like a lot more people call them and your inbound picks up and and everything just started like it's this virtuous circle of like action you know so it's a lot more work. <laughs> My job's a lot more work, but I like it. It's uh, it's got it's got stuff going on. It's a good time. It's a good time. The gardening's going well. Uh, I got the trellises hung for the tomatoes uh, using the the tomato hook method. Uh, kind of innovative. I did that using uh, grow bags on a porch. I've seen a lot of people use the tomato hook uh, string method of trellising their tomatoes, but I've not seen anyone do it on a porch with grow bags. So, you know, I, it looks pretty good too. I, I put it on my Instagram and I did a little video for the YouTube about it. So if you want to check it out, but uh, I'm, I'm pleased with it. It's working so far. The squirrels are like relentless. The squirrel spray works well, but it's raining a lot. So I got to go out there and redo it every time it rains and, it's pretty frustrating. They're digging holes. Actually, I gotta, that's what I'm going to do as soon as I'm done with this is go out there and spray again water. But yeah, it's going well. So the next big thing uh, this weekend, hopefully, I've got two Wi-Fi connected. Uh, they're called Rainbird. They're drip irrigation controllers. I'm going to put one up on the porch and one down here and run all the drip tube and make it so I don't have to water the plants. Uh, I got to get this working before I go away uh, for a week to Alaska. So I got to start doing on that. But to do that, I got to get the Wi-Fi extended outside. We have the Asus uh, Zen Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi 6 system of extenders. And I've wired an extender into this window right next to me from a Ethernet switch underneath my desk. This room is wired with Cat 6. And uh, so I ran it, you know, along the wall to there. And I plugged it in so I can get Wi-Fi through my entire backyard, including both of the spigots, hose spigots. But it's not adding to the network, and I don't know why, and it's very frustrating. So I got to sort that out, and then I get the. <laughs> that's funny. I should do a gardening video that's just Wi-Fi maintenance. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. So I had to get that sorted out today, and then I hopefully tomorrow I can get start working on the drip irrigation system, which is very exciting because I do like going out there every day and checking it. But I'm very pressed for time in my life, writing you know an hour long email every morning before I get my daughter and then doing breakfast and holding down a job during the day like it takes almost 30 minutes to water the downstairs plants and another 10 to water the plants on the porch and it's hard to find that time until the evening and you know it's just kind of stressing me out luckily it's been raining a lot so it's not been pressing but I would love to get the system and that's why you have the wi-fi ones because they know if it's going to rain or not and they don't water the plants if it's going to rain it's very useful so yeah got to do that this weekend uh studio reorg no progress leaning towards completely changing my plan and just getting a treadmill but i've made no progress since then 
uh, except I acquired those. <laughs> I think I told you guys about this, right? They, uh, 20 years of Harvard Business Reviews that I got from a dude. Did I say that last week? Yes, I did. Uh, so I got to find a place for them. So, you know, there'll still be more shelving, I think. But, like, I need to start getting rid of some of furniture. I got it. This tabletop Crystal Castles arcade game from the 80s. It's not functional. It was functional when I got it. it I think it broke in transit down here. I had lined up a guy to fix it before the pandemic, but I need to deal with that one way or the other. Get it fixed or get it out of here. It's taking up too much room. Same with this drum machine. I have the first drum machine ever. It's called the Fender Sideman, and uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, actually, I need to move that back over there. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, I got to make some room in there, and then uh, I think by fall or winter, I'll get a treadmill again. And we will get the... <laughs> what are they called there's this company down here they do like networking and home theater stuff and i need i've had this list of stuff i need to get them in for uh i'm on the list for starlink so we're gonna get starlink so i got to mount that dish i want to get my hd television channels over the air i've got this really nice hd antenna it was propped up sort of jerry-rigged in the window on the third floor to prove viability and it worked but it needs to be mounted on the outside of the house and both those cables need to be run to the Server rack, I need to get the server rack reorganized. All these little projects for them. I label all the Cat5 cables because I accidentally just unplugged the Cat5 Ethernet from the solar panels to the, the, the network. Got to fix that this weekend. And then, uh, you know, so then get, when I'm in, when they do come in, I will get them to mount a TV in front of the treadmill. And that area will just be a little exercise area. I think, I think we're just going to make it a little gym area because we need one. Yeah, so that's about it in life down here. Life is good. Uh, Emma's been leaving the house, going to do some PT around her knees. Uh, but, you know, we're trying not to drive too much because there's no gas and we don't have electric cars yet because we're holding out for the electric Ford F-150 because we need a truck because we live in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know, I've been thinking lately, I might just, because there's a second gas shortage here in five years. I might just buy like an interim model three sell off one of our cars. I don't know. I don't know. We got to figure something out, but yeah, life's going. Okay. It's going. Okay. Media. Let's see. Added a bunch of movies to Plex. If you're into that sort of thing, Irma Vep, the Olivier SAA, Olivier SAA film. Uh, it's great. I saw the premiere, the world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival in like 1993 or whatever the hell that came out. I mean, 96 maybe? Yeah, 96-ish. Uh, so that's up only in SD because it's not been re-released on Blu-ray, which is very frustrating. Some Kind of Hero. A lot of these movies my friend Dog's been asking for. Uh, here, let me... Let's go to Plex. Some Kind of Hero, one of Dog's. Uh, some kind of hero. Oh yeah, no, that was me. That was a uh, Richard Pryor film for, along with Stir Crazy from last week. Uh, that one finished downloading. Uh, I really liked that film when I was a kid. It was a good film. Live from Baghdad is a film that I think Mike Gill, my friend Mike Gill out in LA, told me to watch ages ago. Actually, not 100% sure it was Mike Gill. Somebody on Zoom once, I think it was Mike Gill, told me to watch that film. And so I threw it in my Netflix queue. It just showed up. Haven't watched it yet. That's an SD. Modesty Blaze from 1966. That was a request of Oggs. Kajillionaire, the Miranda July film, which I never got around to seeing, and I love her, and I need to watch that. Uh, and Journey into Fear, the 1943 Orson Welles film. That was another Og Stone request. So those are all open plex if you want them. Yeah. Not that I've watched any of them or watched any movies in ages, but I still collect them because it's fun. 
uh, Discogs, I sold a Daisy Chainsaw album, Love Sick Pleasure. Daisy Chainsaw is a fantastic punk band from mid-90s, early 90s from England. I saw them at TT The Bears, and it was one of the craziest shows I have ever seen. Katie Jane Gartside, the lead singer, was dressed up like a doll with a teapot. She slashed her head open with a teapot, bled all over the place, fell on the floor, passed out. We thought it was an act, except eventually the ER, EMTs came, took her in a stretcher, and took her away. <laughs> it was fucking insane. Great band, great show. Uh, the Fleshies, Kill the Dreamer's Dream, which is a band on Alternative Tentacles. That was not my CD. I think it was my friend Tikva's. I've been selling her CDs. But I never had Tikva pegged as an Alternative Tentacles fan, so I'm not exactly sure... That might be a CD that they sent me. I used to be in communication with Alternative Tentacles. I would have to check the year on that. Uh, anyway, Richard Ashcroft, Money to Burn, and Song for the Lovers, two singles by Richard Ashcroft, the former lead singer of The Verve. I really like Money to Burn. Ooh, ooh, ooh I got money to burn. I want to burn it on you. That song gets in my head a lot. But all in all, Richard Ashcroft's post-Verve career is a bit of a disappointment to me. I mean, it's good music. And he plays some Verve songs live. He's fun because he plays, you know, Bittersweet Symphony and Sonnet, Lucky Man, maybe. But he, even then, he only plays the hits. Like, he really got away from the space rock early roots of the Verve, which is what I just loved. And it's a little surprising because, like, most people, when they make, like, basic, let's face it, stoner rock, right? Space rock, drone, shoegaze, early, you know, pure shoegaze, pure drone. Like, those people are kind of on a little bit of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> or they're just weirdos and they tend to have careers where they continue being a weirdo. Like the closest analog, painfully, ironically, would be Jason Pierce, the spiritualized who, but he makes like rock music now. He doesn't make like weird adult contemporary pop music, uh, you know, and he still does like psych rock freakouts, like heading for the top one album back, two albums back. Um, but you know, Richard Ashcroft has gone into this like adult contemporary easy listening thing, kind of like Phil Collins. Like he's like the Phil Collins of his generation, right? Started out in real weird band, and that band got pretty popular. And then he went solo, and he did even more mainstream shit. Except for Phil Collins did some awesome stuff solo. But I guess you know Richard Ashcroft did too. Money to Burn's a good song. Anyway. And then I sold a, Pixie, sold a Pixies CD of Surfer Rosa, but I had the wrong version. They wanted CAD 403, the Surfer Rosa only original CD pressing. I had GAD 403, the original pressing of Surfer Rosa appended with Come On Pilgrim. That was actually older, but it wasn't the one they wanted. So I had to cancel that order and I felt really bad. I hate it when I had to do that. That's the second time I had to do it. You will recall I had to cancel an Anita Lane order two weeks ago. That was their fault though. But yeah, that's it. Sold four CDs, uh, mailed a bunch of stuff to my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt like I mailed more stuff than that this week, but I guess not. I guess not. Um, on vinyl, I got insides. I got this more than two weeks ago, but I, when I was doing my topics list last two weeks ago when I was doing the podcast, I realized I didn't mention it. Insides was a great band. On the 480 sub label called Guernica Records in the early 90s. I was very obsessed with Guernica Records. Uh, I didn't really know what was going on at the time. They built it as like a sub label where Ivo could put out less mainstream stuff, Ivo being the founder of 480 Records and the main man in this mortal coil. But there was a book about the history of 480 that came out seven years ago, let's say. And, you know, because 480, all that period was pre-internet, so you didn't really, you can get the same level of gossip you get now. Uh, but then, you know, I really learned more of the history of it. Like, 480, I've never really fully owned 480. It was a label, it, despite its influence in mass sales, it was a label that was spun out of Beggar's Banquet. It's always been owned by the Beggar's Group. 
he was the head of it and he owned a share of it, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't own it. It wasn't his business. Uh, but he, so he moved to LA and because 480 was getting so big in America with the Pixies and the Throwing Muses and the Breeders and, uh, there's some other bands that got big in America on 480 and, uh, you know, and like there started to be this pressure that the signings were, had mass appeal and he wasn't really into that. And he was really depressed and he, he like freaked out and eventually moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico where, but he, and so he had been like commuting and running the label remotely, but really had like handed off the label to these other people who I knew because I worked at a radio station back then. And I was a music director and I would talk to the manager of 480. Um, but anyway, you know, so he, the, he had his little side project. This often happens with founders who are, have founded companies that have gotten very large and have gotten discontent with the corporate side of it. They're like they, you know, kind of like on Tron, right? <laughs> with, with Flynn, uh, you know, they're more artists. So they get back to the art and that's what he did. And he st started this label called Garnica records and it was a really great label and all the bands on it were really good. Um, and one of them is called the underground lovers. They're sort of a stalwart Australian shoegaze band that I'm obsessed with and have been obsessed with since I first heard them on Garnica Records in 1992. And this other one was this band, Insides. And Insides were great. They're really mellow. They're Irish. They might not be Irish. I take that back. There was a third band called the Glee Club on Garnica Records who were Irish. Uh, I don't know where Insides are from, actually. I think they might be English. But it's kind of like dub, like the more mellow version, mellow parts of early Massive Attack or, uh, you know, everything but the girl. Uh, really cool. And then they, they put out that one record and then they put out one more a few years later, not on Guernica. Guernica didn't really sign bands. They put out one, they put out an album by a band, you know, and then nothing for more than 20 years. And then last month <laughs> insides put out a new record. <laughs> it's called soft bonds. I got a autographed copy ordered from the band and it's fucking really good. It's like, it's super mellow still. And it's, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, like if you liked Insides, they just made another record 20, 30 years later. That's as good as the one that you first heard. And, uh, yeah, I'm super into it and it's on Spotify. I haven't listened to it. It's great. Uh, and then I forgot to mention this. I don't know. No, I'm on the, I'm in the vinyl section now. That's right. Uh, and then my Angel Olsen box set came in. It's called Song of the Lark and Other Fire Memories. And it is basically a four piece of vinyl box set of all mirrors, the reworked all mirrors that just came out last year and a EP of outtakes and remixes. Uh, the only thing I didn't already have was the EP of outtakes and remixes. And it was a lot of money for just that. But it's beautiful and it smells like new ink and the photos are amazing and uh, I'm just very happy to own it and it's it's wonderful. The whole thing is on Spotify, but uh, you know, you really only, the only disc four is new stuff, but it's great. I just listened to the whole thing through on vinyl and it was super, super satisfying. Charles Musselwhite, Tennessee Woman. This was a Vinyl Me Please pick of the month. I didn't know anything about Charles Musselwhite. And his blues band or whatever it's called, uh, Tennessee Woman. It's a blues album. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. That's like the the, the perfect uh, value proposition of Vinyl Me Please. They're like, here's an obscure blues guy you don't know anything about. And you're like, I want to listen to some obscure blues, but I'm not smart enough about it. They're like, this is the one for you. And you're like, thank you. And it totally works. So that was great. Great sounding pressing. Beautiful record. Very solid. Just today, I got uh, the new Dark Side album, Psychic. I don't actually know if it's a new one. I don't really listen to Dark Side. I'm bitter about Dark Side because. <laughs> 
Will Carruthers, a.k.a. Baseman, a.k.a. the bass player of Spaceman 3's band after Spaceman 3 was called Darkseid. And I liked them. And I've been bitter about this other band taking the name Darkseid for a very long time. But uh, people like them. <laughs> and I got this album, which may or may not be new. I don't even know. It's called Psychic. I haven't even listened to it yet. But that arrived. Uh, and then I got, I uh, ordered some stuff in the mail, but this is really confusing because all it has listed is, oh my God, at the Flaming Lips, the repressing of the Flaming Lips second album. But I remember I picked that up because I bought something else from them on vinyl, and that is not in this list I'm reading to you right now. So I'm a little confused. Hold, please. All right. Okay. So yeah, I got the second album, the Flaming Lips, oh my God, on vinyl. I have never owned it. Actually, I don't think I've ever owned that one at all. I, yeah, I think I got into the Flaming Lips around then, and that's when I first saw them, was either that tour or the next tour, and uh, I loved early, complete psych rock, freak out, pre-famous Flaming Lips, but I had forgotten about the ballads. <laughs> There's like a couple really soft, sensitive acoustic songs, lo-fi acoustic songs that are almost like Sebado on this record, and I really like them. I'm throwing a couple of them on the uh, daily mixes for you guys, but yeah, so I've been slowly trying to buy all the... Uh, early Flaming Lips albums on vinyl. I have, I think I'm still just missing one now. I think. Nope, I'm missing two. I'm missing Priest Driven Ambulance and Telepathic Surgery. And I love Priest Driven Ambulance. I have that on CD. Um, but yeah, so early Flaming Lips. Love them. Back into them. And I did, yeah, you did go up to Hit the Death in the Future Head because I own the Heady Nugs box set, which is all the, like, Hit the Death through, I think, Yoshimi or one more after Yoshimi. Uh, vinyl box set of the Warner Brothers years and uh, I own that and I was like I want to listen to Hit to Death again because it's got some really good songs on it like Hit Me Like You Did the First Time and When You're 22 it's a great record man early Flaming Lips been really into them again uh, but then the other two records I bought the reason I made that order at all was because they had a Rain Tree Crow 12 inch single Blackwater Rain Tree Crow of course is Japan uh, David Sylvian and Mick Karn's 80s band Japan reunited in the 90s as Rain Tree Crow. They were, it was all the original members. They just used a different name. It was very contentious within the band, but they were making different types of music and some of the band members felt like it wasn't, didn't sound like Japan, so they shouldn't call themselves Japan, which I think was a terrible move. <laughs> they probably would have sold like 2,000 copies instead of 1,000 copies, but I'm obsessed with Rain Tree Crow. I love the record so much and I wanted this 12-inch for ages. I owned the CD single. I bought it when it came out. But I've since sold it. So I got that uh, beautiful, beautiful 12-inch single. The photography, the art on that album, they're just majestic. And then they also had the Brian Jonestown Massacre Bringing It All Back Home Again EP, which I also only owned on CD. And I always loved that. It's like sort of the Methadrone era. It was, really, it was a transition from Methadrone, Pure Drone, to the country, Western-inspired Brian Jonestown Massacre that they've since left behind. But uh, I really like that period of theirs. It's a great, great EP. So I was ordering those, and they had, oh, my God, so I bought that because I'm just trying to pick them all up when I can. Shipping's a bitch, so you, when you order one thing on Discogs, you look for anything else cheap they have that's in your want list because you try to bundle up your shipments. So it tends to come like in big batches, you know what I mean? Uh, and then my uncle, my uncle Jack, former Air Force pilot, uh, retired, lives in Pennsylvania, uh, legal resident of Alaska still somehow because he's clever like that, and author of a book about my grandfather and uh, sort of the aviation industry in Alaska. He was a pilot. My grandfather worked for the airlines up in Alaska, the like, sort of prototype airlines became Alaska Airlines. And uh, 
Yeah, he found a copy of a record called The Big Stampede. So if you've ever been to a Fairbanks, there's a, a, a historical park in the middle of town called Pioneer Park. It used to be called Alaska Land, but now it's called Pioneer Park. And it's like where they basically, this is sort of an Alaska trend. I think they do it in like other Western United States towns, but it's a very, it's a big thing in Alaska. You take all the old buildings as your town develops and you put them into a park. There's one in Wasilla as well. Actually, for all I know, this is the only two in the U.S. But, <laughs> but so, you know, they made this little old, old town in the park. It's really cool. And then they also put the old Sternwheeler Ninana in the park. There's a, so there's just a giant Sternwheeler in the park, which is awesome. My dad and my uncle Jack, they worked on that Sternwheeler when they were kids. And there's a rail car that was the rail car that Warren G. Harding took to go up to Alaska to put the Golden Spike into the Alaska Railroad. Anyway, it's all in this park together with like a, you know, a convention center and, and uh, stuff like that, like a theater. That's where we go see the late opera when I was a kid. There's a playground. There used to be a zoo with a bear and a moose. They got rid of that because it was cruel. Uh, it's just a cool place, Pioneer Park. There's a like choo-choo train that goes around it. It's where the Alaska salmon bake is. But in the in the in the the part where that has all the old buildings, they made it into a little town. It's got like a couple streets in it. And there's an ice cream parlor that's really good. There's a saloon that's like the gay bar in Fairbanks. It's awesome. It does a drag show. It's fantastic. And there's this museum, and the museum has a mural that's painted about the big stampede, the gold rush, and I didn't. They used to have a show. It's like an audio animatronic thing. I think it broke down. I don't even know if it's still there. Maybe one of my Fairbanks friends can let me know if the big stampede is still there. But my uncle Jack has been obsessed with the fact that they put out a vinyl record of this show years ago and he had a copy and he's been on the lookout and he found me a copy and it's just pristine it's just mint and it's like the vinyl record of this show this audio animatronic tourist show in Fairbanks that I would go to as a kid and it's kind of amazing <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet it's gonna bring back too many memories but uh it's just it's a gorgeous record I'm very excited about it so I, he does not listen to the podcast but thank you Jack anyway it's pretty cool. I'm going to, I can't, well, you know, when I go up to Fairbanks, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to go to, I call I still call it Alaska land. Cause that's what I was when I was a kid, but I'm going to go to Pioneer Park. My prom was there. <laughs> it was 83 below. <laughs> we left our cars running. Oh my God. That was so weird. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I got that. And then uh first aid kit, Swedish. I did not know for the longest time they were Swedish, but they're Swedish or Scandinavian. I think Swedish. Anyway, they just did a live tribute album to Leonard Cohen. They got a bunch of other their their friends, Loney Deer, most notably, who is uh, definitely Swedish, a musician I love. They did this live tribute to Leonard Cohen called Who By Fire, a live tribute to Leonard Cohen. It is so good. It's a double album. It's on Spotify. But if you're a Leonard Cohen fan, they've done some, they did very interesting reworkings of some of the songs. Some of them are straight up forward. It's beautiful. It's just a very, very good record. I kind of thought like first aid kit were a little lightweight when my friend Kevin first got me into them, but they continue to impress after more than a decade. So good on you. Good on you. Moving on to other things I listened to this week. Uh, I didn't listen to too much. Um, it's been busy at work. So, you know, that a lot of meetings that cuts into my music time. Uh, I listened to the yellow 40 years box set. It's a new box set of yellow. Most known, best known for their, hit single from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. But they're a great band. They were a great band before that. They're a great band after that. Uh, that was pretty good. The remix album specifically is new stuff, so I listened to a lot of that. Uh, Royal Blood Typhoons. I have the, I, so I'm really into newsletters now. I read a lot of newsletters. I get like an AI newsletter and a recycling newsletter and a manufacturing newsletter and politics. And 
and this daily news recap one called Next Draft that I, I think was the first newsletter that I signed up for. And he was like, if you're into rock, you like this Typhoons band. They're like keeping it real. And I was like, oh, God, one of these again. And it was exactly what I expected. Whenever somebody says, if you're into rock, you should listen to this new band that's keeping it real. It's just like a band that wants to be Zeppelin. And, <laughs> and you know, this happened like with like The Darkness or Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> they all sound the same kind of darkness is a little bit more absurd, I guess. But uh, I was just like, yep, this is just what I, exactly what I would thought it would sound like. So I listened to that 70s rock for those who think rock needs to go back. <laughs> and so they almost I listened to all three, actually. Royal Blood, their self-titled. How did we get so dark in Typhoons? I gave them three albums of a chance. So, you know, uh, the Raphael Supernatural. Uh, I wrote a lot about this. This is Stuart Adamson from Big Country's band, his last band after Big Country. Uh, Stuart Adamson committed suicide in a hotel room at a Best Western in Honolulu when he uh, was relapsing uh, and ran away from an intervention. It's all very sad. And I think about it every time you hear the song Big Company. Big Country, sorry. Big Company. What's that, a Yes album? Uh, anyway, no, it's Big Generator. Oh, God. Anyway, every time I hear the song Big Country, I think of this. And then, and so I wrote about that. And then I was like, yeah, I wonder if he made any music beyond uh, Big Country. And he did. He made this country album. He moved to Memphis. He got married a second time. By all accounts, he was, you know, decently happy until he relapsed and they were getting a divorce and then he committed suicide. It's sad. But uh, the Raphaels, they almost called it Supernatural. It's pretty good. It's a good country record if you're into that sort of thing. New Guided by Voices, Earthman Blues. If you are a Guided by, by Voices fan, you are satisfied. If you are not, you could just keep listening to the ones that you already know. It's just more of the same, but I like it. Good stuff. Little Snake, a fragmented love story written by the Infinite Helix Architect. My friend Nikki sent this to me. Very Flying Lotus. I'm not a Flying Lotus fan. A very well-crafted, intricate, blippy... Uh, jazzy, uh, yeah, it's weird. I love drone music, but I don't like blippy experimental anymore. I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's a subtle difference in my mind. It falls on the other side of the line. Uh, there's a new cut copy, Freeze Melt. Those guys are cool. They were like, we're not going to try and be like a popular synth rock band anymore. Now we're just going to make weird, long, 10 minute long, almost ambient. They, they, the closest analog to current cut copy would be the orb. <laughs> it's pretty weird. I like it a lot. Uh, we owe small truth. Oh yeah, right. This is uh, the basis from the Swans has a new uh, band called We Owe, and Thor, the drummer from the Swans, appears on it. He tweeted it out, so I checked that out. It's on Bandcamp. It, the album's called Small Truth. It was awesome. Very very into it. Good weird uh, Brooklyn experimental avant rock. Recommended. Uh, Miranda Lambert's new album. Miranda Lambert with Jack Ingram and John Randell. The Marfa tapes. I have a Google alert on Marfa because one of my best friends lives in Marfa. She owns a couple of restaurants there. She's amazing. And uh, so I keep this Google alert because I always have this plan that, you know, me and my family will go visit, but we never do. <laughs> and uh, I have all these friends there now because, like, she's there and, like, she she does events at South by and she brings her crew. And so I got to be friends with them and like, you know, I want to go visit. So I just, anyway, I have this Marfa thing. And then, so what started popping up was Miranda Lambert, the Marfa tapes. And at first I just thought it was funny because she always texts us these hilarious celebrity stories about whatever celebrities in Marfa. And, uh, but then I saw one review in pitchfork or something that was pretty positive. I was like, Oh, I'm going to check it out. And it, it's fantastic. Like I saw Miranda Lambert once at a Taylor Swift show in an arena 
marching around on the 1989 tour doing some pop song with Taylor and then like one of those modern country songs that none of us can stand. And I just did not think anything of Miranda Lambert ever again. Uh, other than I was jealous that other people got like Katy Perry on that tour is the tour where she had a celebrity showing up each night at the encore, you know, but so like, this is like beautiful, mellow, soft, acoustic, old country, getting back to your roots. The three of them just went to Marfa, rented a house and recorded an album in the house. You can hear them talking. It's, it's great. It's a great record. Uh, it's kind of funny because <laughs> Catherine's boyfriend is a musician and he puts out these tapes called Marfa Sounds on cassette. And I always think of them as the Marfa tapes because there's more than one volume of them. You know what I mean? And they're fantastic. A bunch of weird psych rock and noise bands and folk and and, and like, you know, <laughs> like Mexican music. It's all over the place. They're great. But like those to me are the Marfa tapes. But now Miranda Lambert's got this album, the Marfa tapes. So I don't know. We shall see. No, but it's great. I like it. The new Ice Age Seek Shelter is so good. <laughs> I always think of Ice Age in the sort of like the sludge metal vein, you know what I mean? But they're not. In this album, the closest in analog would be Titus Andronicus's last album, but it's better. It's like anthemic and clever and oh, it's so good. Maybe Japandroids Celebration Rock. A little bit noisier, but in that sort of realm, uh, it's, it's a great record. I've given it like four listens. I'm super into it. That record alone is probably why I haven't been listening to so much new music this week. Uh, Matt Sweeney and Bonnie Prince Billy revisited their old album, Super Wolf, with a new album called Super Wolves. I've given it two listens, and I really like it. The, the strong songs are fantastic. A little bit of filler on it, but if you're a Bonnie Prince Billy fan, it is fantastic. Highly recommended. Girl in Red, all lowercase. Uh, she is a Scandinavian, I believe, uh, lesbian, I believe. I read like one article about her and uh, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I, I thought it was going to be moodier based on the interview in the article, but it's it's good pop, a little bit dark, maybe like early. What's her name? That married Elon Musk. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember her name. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, it, it's clubby, but dark. It's good, man. Anyway, I really, I recommend it. Girl in Red, if I can make it go quiet. Uh, and then Monsterland, uh, my friend Bill in Boston, used to own a record label, uh, IT guy, dating my friend Annie, good guy. He, he recommended this band to me because we were talking about Kurt Rousk from Ultra Vivid Scene. This band were friends of his back in the day. Kurt Rousk produced an EP of theirs called Loser Friendly, which I listened to. It's only on YouTube, but it was great. And then he was like, they have an album on Spotify. It's more representative of their, of their live sound. And it's great. And I listened to that as well. It's called Destroy What You Love. And that was great too. Loser Friendly sort of sounded like Super Chunk meets like the C86 jingly jangly uh, indie pop scene of early nineties, uh, UK, but destroy what you love was more, more heavy. Uh, it was like, yeah, it's good. You know, it kind of reminded me of seaweed. If you remember that band, it's a little grungy, it's a little shoegazy, but yeah, strong recommend this band Monsterland. <laughs> and then I went on this whole like long kick because they're the drum, the drummer's name is Todd Cronin. And I know this guy named Todd Cronin. He was like an old intern of the barbarian group and he runs a uh, bands in town now. And I was like, is this the same Todd Cronin? And I don't think it is. Cause I think that guy's too young to be in monster lane. He would have been like 17 or something. But on the other hand, if he was, that's super awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then I was at Walmart and looking through the vinyl section and I got Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. I got that on vinyl, actually. That belongs in the vinyl section. Uh, and I have never, you know, I saw Amy Winehouse 
and I knew Rehab, but I never listened to the whole album. So that was my first time listening to all of Back to Black, and it's a good record. I think people probably are romanticizing her death when they say she was one of the all-time greats, but I really like it. It was solid. And I got uh, the Lana Del Rey picture disc of Chemtrails of the Country Club, the special limited edition Walmart edition. I had ordered that picture disc from recordstore.co.uk, but I inadvertently clicked the send the whole shipment at once button, and I also ordered the new order 3LP box set that isn't coming out until June, so it just hasn't shipped yet. Uh, and you know, when I listened to that album, I talked to you guys about it, I, I was like, oh, this album's okay, but the more I listen to the new Ulana Del Rey album, the more it's growing on me, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into chemtrails now, it's a good record. Couple singles that were worth mentioning this week. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the Donovan, the, the the Donovan, Donovan. You know the guy that did the Hurdy Gurdy Man. He's got a new single with David Lynch, and it's called "I Am the Shaman," and it's pretty awesome. You should check it out. And Nine Inch Nails, an upcoming band you may have heard of, has a new collaborative single with another band you may have heard of called Health. And it's called Isn't Everyone. And coincidentally, my wife and I just learned that Nine Inch Nails and Health are playing Riot Fest this year. Maybe they're on tour together. Maybe people will get to see that collaborative single live. I love it when you get to see one of those weird collaborative singles live when both the people are there. It makes me really happy, you know? Like when you get to see Hope Sandoval with the Jesus and Mary chain do sometimes always in the 21st century. That's just pretty awesome. So yeah, maybe some people will get to see that. I would like to see Nine Inch Nails again. I I never stopped going to see them through the years, and they always put on a good show. That'd be great. Uh, TV, let's see. We are still watching the early seasons of The Great British Baking Show. We watch about one a week, so the last time I talked to you, since the last time I talked to you, uh, we've watched two more seasons. This season's great. Uh, there's a, probably the most beautiful contestant ever on there and she's really weird and she's basically like Eeyore. So that's entertaining. Paul Hollywood's got bad hair. The handshake hasn't become a thing yet. You know, we used to watch the late seasons and the handshake's this whole thing, right? When you get a handshake, he's only given out two so far, maybe three. And I think we're in season five, but, and it's not like a, Oh, the famous Paul Hollywood handshake. So, you know, it's, we only got a few seasons left till we pick up where we started before and like, the Paul Hollywood handshake becomes famous very quickly somehow. I don't know. That's a mystery that's outstanding. Uh, there's a lot more people walking around in the background in the early seasons because they haven't really mastered the production techniques yet. And they have a lot more problems with like their refrigerators and people sharing and stuff. That They seem to have really sorted out a lot of that production stuff in later seasons. But, you know, like I said in my email, it's just a warm bath and it's very comforting and we watch it every night now. Some nights when something's going on in the world, we'll watch one episode in the news, like the day that the Texas bankruptcy court declared that the NRA could not (laughs) declare bankruptcy to avoid prosecution in New York. I was like, oh, we got to watch Rachel. She's going to be all over that one. I got to watch this for the schadenfreude. But mostly we've just been watching Great British Baking Show. And then on my own, I've been watching The Nevers. I think I talked about this last time. I can't remember. It is Joss Whedon's new show on HBO that Joss Whedon got fired from because he's Joss Whedon and turned out to be a dick after he had sold it and after they had produced the first part of season one. And uh, 
it's good, but not good. It's very spotty and uneven. It's got a lot of good ideas and a lot of good characters, but there's too many of them and it's confusing. And a lot of it's because of the pacing or the order they're telling the stories and they're leading up to a big mystery. And I kind of want to know the big mystery, but I'm also just annoyed. They haven't just told me the big mystery because they are somebody on the show knows the big mystery. You know what I mean? Like some mysteries have to be discovered by the characters, but when the characters or some of the characters know the answer and you don't, I just kind of get annoyed sometimes. I don't know. Uh, but it is, I keep watching, so I must think there's something redeeming about it. Also, Jane Espenson is running it right now, uh, who I've always really admired as a showrunner. Except for she's not the showrunner. Somebody else is going to be the showrunner. She's the writer. Excuse me. Another one is going to be the showrunner. So it's out of his hands. And sometimes these shows get better when they're out of his hands. Like, he left Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it got better. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it, it might, over time, turn into something good. And then I watched the first episode of The Bad Batch, the new Clone Wars, Star Wars thing, because I'm a Star Wars nerd. I wasn't going to watch it because I don't like The Bad Batch and I don't care about the clone troopers. But they sucked me in because the first episode was called Aftermath, I think, which is the name of the Chuck Wendig book. Uh, but also it was like, find out what happens to The Bad Batch when uh, the, the Clone Wars end and, exec- and Order 66 happens. I'm like, well, OK, I'm a sucker for Order 66. So, so I had to watch it. Uh, I don't know. I'll keep watching it. I guess it's only a half hour, but I'm, I, I, it's hard to say, man. Clone Wars, I thought was going to be stupid and ended up being some of the best Star Wars ever. So we shall see. We shall see. I have watched no movies in two weeks. That might be a record for me. I keep almost starting Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then I'm like, if this is what I think watching movies is, there's really no point. Uh, I've been watching my YouTube, but not as much as I had been before. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a little tired of watching civilization live streams. I've probably watched like a thousand hours of civilization live streams in the last year. Might need to stop doing that. (laughs) And then some of my other like YouTubers I've gotten sick of, like the landscaping people I'm kind of done with. Uh, I really like the marble guy still, Wintergarden, who's making the marble machine. I still watch all of those. I still watch uh, every April Wilkerson home improvement one when she does them. Um, but yeah, a lot of them I'm skipping. So like last night, for example, I sat down and I was like, all right, what's new on YouTube? And there was like three videos I wanted to watch. And it was like 30 minutes. And I'm like, OK, well, I guess I'm done. So I might start watching movies by myself while watching Jane again. I don't know. I don't know. Something's gonna, I feel a change coming on in my media consumption habits. And I know you're excited about it. I will keep you apprised. <laughs> you're all awaiting with bated breath, I'm sure. Uh, and then on books, I finished the fourth and final book from that woke sci-fi trilogy uh, series, not trilogy, therefore quartet uh called record oh no that was the other one i uh, wait did i read these both since i talked to you last yeah okay i finished record of spaceborne few and then uh the last one was called galaxy in the ground within and i finished that one too so now i finished both of them record of spaceborne few had a little bit of plot and then the fourth one had even less plot it was majestic i fucking loved it so much i love these books they're fantastic. My friend Alice recommended them to me, and it was, she, she texted me because I always write about them. She's like, this is my most successful book recommendation in years, and it was right. I Those books are made for me, man. They are like totally my politics, and they are completely plot-free, and it's just people living their lives in space, <laughs> and I love it. Oh, my God. I love them so much. Um so I like bought a few books that I was going to read next, like uh, about the new Daniel Kahneman book, but it's not out yet. And a couple others. But I, last night I was looking at my Kindle and none of them were there because I guess they're all pre-orders. I haven't really been paying attention. 
So I was like, well, what am I going to start reading? And I decided I'm going to reread the three body problem in the dark forest. It was kind of a spur of the moment thing. I was talking to Emma about it the, the, earlier in the evening. I was trying to explain to her the concept of the wall facer uh, and the, you know, the mutually assured destruction therein. And, uh, but I couldn't remember the plot details and it really upset me. And then, so I was like, you know, I only had a half hour cause I stayed up a little late last night. And so I started it and I forgot completely. The first book starts off in like the Japanese, like cultural revolution of the sixties. And I was like, I don't remember any of this. And I was like immediately sucked back in. So I'm just going to reread. I didn't like the third book as much, but I loved the first two. I thought they were just perfection. So I'm going to reread them. Uh, and what's interesting, and I, you know, I only read like three chapters last night, but there's a lot of foreshadowing in those early chapters that I did not obviously pick up on the first time around. So I've never reread novels this quickly. I mean, I read those books like since I started this podcast, like two or three years ago. And I'm, I want to reread them. So I think I'm just going to. So yeah, that's about it. Thank you for listening. Sorry I was a little rambly today, but you know, when do I ever talk about anything coherent, I guess? That's not fair. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, have a lovely weekend. I will talk to you guys in two weeks. Drop a line, say hi. Always good to hear from you, and uh, take care.